0: Hello there, and welcome to Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm your host, Leticia Latino, and with me today is Holly Copeland. She's the founder of Hard Mind Alchemy. She's a former conservation scientist turned certified human potential coach and neuromeditation teacher. She's also a sound healer and a Reiki master. Her passion revolves around supporting people in their transformation from the trappings of ordinary mind to flourishing in a life of flow, joy, and ease. I love that. Hello, Holly. Welcome to Back to Basics.
1: Thank you, Letitia. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm very excited as well. Any conversation, like, like just with the premise of your bio, I know this is going to be a fantastic conversation. And so, you know, let's start at the beginning. Let let me share with my audience, if you will, you know, a bit about Holly growing up. Where are you from? What were you passionate about when you were a child? That's uh, the one thing that I always ask
1: all my guests. Oh, that's a beautiful question. Um, so I grew up in California. I was passionate about um, the outdoors and about the environment. And I, you know, really simple. I thought I wanted to save the world, you know, for Save the Whales. Isn't that what every, you know, eight-year-old wants to do? <laughs>
0: I don't think so. You know, I think, yes, that it sounds like everything. But I have a an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old, and they never told me I want to ch- save the world. You know, they want to do good things. But no, that, that sounds like you already have big plans for yourself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess I did. And I, you know, I um, I grew up in both LA and Northern California and my family was always really into camping and the outdoors. So even though we lived in a fairly suburban areas, we would go up to Big Bear or we would go up to Lake Tahoe and those areas and, and explore the outdoors or, you know, the Redwoods. I just was connected to the outdoors a lot and fell in love with it.
0: That sounds exciting. And so as as you progress, did you take that passion for the outdoors into whatever your career became? Like I always try to, you know, we have a young audience, but we also have people that are later in life, you know, they think they cannot pivot into a career they feel more passionate about. So, you know, it's everybody's it's open here to listen. What decision did you make in terms of your career based on that. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I always think that it's wise to follow your heart. I mean, I think that is, you follow your passion, you follow where your heart leads you and you can't go wrong. And I feel that is true, no matter whether it's art or something, you know, that you think you can't make money at. I don't care. I think that the heart can't lead you astray.
0: I I love that. And I if you don't mind, I'll stop you there because that's kind of a rich thing. I call it what makes you tick. And that's the premise of this podcast. How would you describe follow your heart? Because I know people say, you know, I think I know how to follow my heart, but then I don't. Well, how would mm. you describe that?
1: I would describe it as deep inner listening. Okay. And when we get in a little bit to the work that I do as a coach, I, I do a lot of working with people on on using meditation and going within so that we can deeply listen to the voice of our own truth.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, so I, I'll I'll pause you there. I jumped ahead, but I know that a lot of people always ask this question. It sounds so good in your podcast, but then
1: I don't know how to do it. So okay, so you then yep. made your career choice, which was which was to work in environmental conservation. And I was actually a mapping specialist. So I went to UC Davis and there was a course on cartography that just really spoke to me. I loved this mapping, mapping the world. And I ended up getting a degree in geography from UC Davis. And then, you know, fast forward to getting offered a job with the Nature Conservancy. I, I moved to Wyoming to accept a job with them. And my job was basically to help understand where conservation efforts should be focused so you know map the species the wildlife the plants of wyoming and use those maps and this was digital technology so we call it geographic information systems and use that digital mapping technology to highlight or understand the landscapes so we could know where to put dollars to conserve lands
0: wow that sounds very
1: interesting Mm-hmm. And so you enjoyed that job or that career? I enjoyed it immensely. And I was with the Nature Conservancy for 20 years. Uh, did a, then a brief stint with the University of Wyoming mapping migration corridors for mule deer and elk and moose.
0: Wow, so, wow, wow. So well, it was fascinating that that passion for the outdoors uh, found a way into, you know, something where you were... M- Merging, I guess, technology because you sound also very intrigued by that and and nature. Yeah. And so I understand that that's something you know at some point in your life that you know you went into into several crises for the research I did and what you share in your in your webpage. So I le- I let you to to explain what happened. You had a back to basics experience, as I call I it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: The proverbial poop hit the fan, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I it was about four years ago, and I was really starting to get burnt out. Um, and what I say is, that it was like my heart was broken. My heart was broken for a planet that felt like there was no end to the problems. And that there would never be enough time, money, or resources to, you know, save the planet, if you will. And it just was this, I felt like I was caught on this never-ending trap of misery and despair. Just broken heart, really, because of how much I love and care for the planet. And I could never do enough. It was like I was caught in not, not enough trap, is what I call it. The not enough trap. That's not a good place to be. And, you know, if our work is fueled by our heart. And our love for what we do and our heart is broken. It's pretty hard to go on. And so I wasn't very happy anymore doing the work that I was doing, even though I knew it was, you know, quote unquote, good work. Mm -hmm. And I felt that it was making a difference. I just was lost in that broken heart. And also at about the same time, I got mold poisoning. Oh, wow. So I had a major health crisis. Um, And it took me many, many months to find the mold and even know that that's what was the problem. But when I came out of that, when I kind of, you know, started to get my health back on track and I came out of that, I started to recognize that this this feeling of lost, there was a lot of voices in my head, you know, a lot of confusion about what to do. And I decided that Although I had done a lot of work on um, health over the years, you know, focusing on my diet and exercise, I'd never really taken my own mind seriously. And so in January of 2019, I wrote at the top of my journal, my kind of New Year's project, my rewire your brain project. Oh, wow. When I really really dove into, if I don't like the state of my own mind, how am I going to fix this?
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. And so you and you write blogs, because I admit that I read that blog that you wrote. And I am going to share the link, of course, in the episodes notes, but it's very, very well written. And and your blog is fascinating. And and this whole concept of rewiring your brain. Do you think at some point, it's not like you lost the passion for your work or that that realization that, you know, it's never going to be enough? You know, I hate you because you were ready for the next thing in your life. And and that's why, you know, you, you felt that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of things were coming together to create this epic shift that needed to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and what I, you know, realize now it was like I was mapping the external world with my career and passion. And I and I sort of took this journey inward and dove down the rabbit hole, if you will, to map the inner landscape. And I didn't realize that's what was happening at the time. At the time, I was just trying to solve a problem, which was, I don't really like what's going on in here. You know, and if you could see my hands, you'd see me sort of putting them over my head, Mm -hmm. right? Just like, what is this thing, these voices in our head and how do we get clarity and how do we get, um, sort of take ownership back of our own minds and our own hearts? And yeah and I
0: think once you hear the voices you cannot not hear them right yeah. like some yeah. people they just you know and it's fine and and you don't pay too much attention to the voices but I find that when people h- listen or hear the voices, then you you it gets to a point where they're gonna force you to act, no matter what. Something's gonna happen around you in your life, or something that is gonna say you're gonna you're gonna listen, <laughs> for yeah. good or for bad. And and so so you then you started, I guess, that whole process that you you called rewiring your brain. Mm-hmm. And can you share a bit about how you went around doing that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm a scientist. I've been a scientist at the Nature Conservancy, and I'm also a a biohacker tech geek kind of a person. And so I took a bit of a science-based approach. And I first just dove into some of the literature of the brain and what we know about the brain and how to quiet the brain. And I've stumbled across this book called The Open Focus Brain by Les Fermi. And he talked about how we have this, you know, all that voices in our head, are like, they're beta brain waves, So they actually um, have a certain signature or frequency in the brain. And I think that what's happened is that we have those beta brain waves to kind of bring us into alert, to cause us to change. And we evolved, you know, probably, you know, for thousands and thousands, millions of years on the, you know, savannas in Africa. And we were used to these sort of short bursts of beta brainwaves, short bursts of alertness, you know, something, you know, there's a, There's a lion in the grass and we're not need to be on alert. And then we go back to relaxing, you know, back with the tribe and we're, you know, we're weaving baskets and we're cooking food and things are quiet. And then we have these short bursts, right? So we go from the alpha brain, which is this quiet, calm clarity to short bursts of activity. So that's how we evolved. But our Western society, we're just on constant Beta brainwave. We're on constant alert. You know, we never let our guard down. We never relax. We don't know, I think, how to do that. And now with phones, we've got those distractions all the time. And that beta brainwave is very exhausting. And I think it's the reason that so many people are caught in this stress and anxiety um, place in our brains. And and for me, the aha was knowing connecting the brainwaves like actually having the brain be less of a black box and feeling like, oh, so what I need to do is develop this alpha brain, develop this clear, calm mind and train my brain to live in that alpha state, train it to live in the calm place. And that just simple pointing was like a huge aha for me. Um, It felt like, It was very actionable, like, okay, I can do this. And then I discovered this headset called the Muse, where it's a neurofeedback device. You put it on your head and it's for meditation, and you can hear your brain waves. So you hear if you're in an active state, your beta state. And then as your brain calms down and you go into this alpha state, the brain, the the feedback in your ears, you know, becomes quiet. Oh, I love that. It's amazing. I love
0: that. I'm going to have to check that
1: one out. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me just that okay, now I know how to meditate because I can actually get some feedback on what a busy brain sounds like and what a relaxed brain sounds like. And I just started training. I started doing it every day. And it worked. My thoughts, you know, my brain got clearer, my thoughts were less and it was really helping. And that that set me on a track of then going into you know deeper meditation states and even understanding what meditation's really about about the search for finding home and the true you know our true being all by just but it started by that understanding of the brain and then quieting my mind so that I could really listen because it's hard to listen right if you've got all that chaos going on in your head. Absolutely. And I would say it all
0: started with the mapping. I would even go yeah. behind that and say that, that when, since you were a child, you were learning to map things because eventually you were going to do that. And I think it's very powerful what you just shared, because I think a lot of people, me included, I've struggled with meditating, you know, for a while. And then I have to say COVID sealed the deal. Uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I was able, I was home. So I was able to establish the mindfulness practice, which is now I don't start my work day. I meditate at the office because I found that's the place where I can get it done for sure. And, uh, but it just, I got on the pace, but I think a lot of people, they don't know how to, we don't know how to go around it. So the fact that you first gave, you know, a tool, that i think a lot of people my pra- i think my husband would love that because he's an engineer and if he hears that you know if you can listen to those waves really there then he convinces you that this is useful exactly and i have exactly. caught myself you know just yesterday i got a very disturbing email and i could see my old self ready to react to it and create yeah. the story and go and think about a bunch of stuff and then my my alpha I guess wave or whatever you call it it's like don't bite it. Just let it go, and I could feel the practice. You know,
1: just doing its tricks. So that that's wonderful. Mm, as is your story. That's wonderful too. And I so I was in that same place, Letitia. Like I had never been able to meditate before. I'd tried many, many times, and you know, kind of gave up. I had given up basically, um, and up until.
0: That point. Great. So we are hopeful people out there that we're not, we weren't being <laughs> meditators, but we got it done and we can definitely, you know, attest to it. And also the, the fact that you have the science around it, you know, from a different angle. I've had, I have doctors and pa- neurosurgeons on the show and they get very technical but it's amazing how, and that's why I love that, you know, the name of your company and your initiative, Heart and Mind, because it really have, you know, to to come together. If it's only the heart, I don't think we can bring people that are practical and logical on board with it. And and the same is, is equal if, if it's the opposite, right? If you're too practical and no heart, then you also are missing one part.
1: Totally. I absolutely agree. We need both. And that's the you know, origin of my heart, mind, alchemy idea. And
0: yeah. So then you came with this idea. I'm going to create a company and this is um, the entrepreneur in me and the business side of me and the part that tells people, if you have a good idea, you can also make a living while helping people while doing what you love to do.
1: Exactly. Yep. That that's exactly what I did. And Yep. I um, got certified as a human potential coach because I wanted to work one-on-one with people. And that was a great fit for me Um, since Dave Asprey, the sort of father of biohacking, that's his coaching program. And so that, anyway, that worked for me. and, And then I started really just wanting to reaching out to work with people, you know, develop a method that was kind of what worked for me and teach people and coach people in in how to do that and then I've also, you know, expanded to other types of neurofeedback with as new devices come out on the market which there are all the time, you know, trying to, you know, stay on top of those and and be somebody who can help people navigate those different tools that are out there. And then I also got really interested in frequency and sound healing, um, because the body is electric. The body is an electrical system, and first and foremost, and the Eileen McCusick, who's a pioneer in this area of sound healing, developed a method using tuning forks uh, called biofield tuning. And so I've integrated that into the work that I do for more. Hands-on, direct healing is a way to release um, stored tension and emotional. Basically, anytime you know, a trauma or something happens in our life, it's stored in our bodies as a contraction in energy. And tuning forks, since the body is electric, it's it responds just like an instrument would. And if you hold a tuning fork up in the right place then the body will tune itself to the tuning fork and start to release that stored tension. And some incredible healing can take place in the body through that process. And so I work with people one-on-one doing that work as well.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. It's like, okay, this is all a realm that I don't know much about. I know my I have a friend that it's a Reiki coach, and and it's fascinating. I think this is something that I definitely love to to learn more. So, so in your experience, you you work with a lot of people that you know reach out because they feel something's off. Like, what's in that sense? If anybody out there is listening to this, mm-hmm. like, what's your ideal? Uh, let's say person to say reach out, and this is not a sales thing. It's more like I know there's symptoms or there's like what you call the voices, either telling you something soft or when should people reach out to a person like you? I think that most of us feel never. We're fine. We're <laughs> always fine, and we don't need help, you know. But or energy alignment. Like I was reading about this thing and said, oh, I never done that. That I'm I'm curious about it. You know, when when do we reach out?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many different times on the path that we can choose to reach out. So, you know, if you're somebody who wants to get into meditation, I really strongly believe whether you know, whether you, you reach out to me or another meditation coach, I think meditation is something that we need support and a teacher for to really make progress on the path. You know, and you can start with a device like the muse on your own and kind of use that as your entree in but ultimately it's a very deep and profound path that will take you you know all the way to you know what would be called you know awakening or enlightenment you know which is really about finding our joy and being happy all the time no matter what external circumstances are happening you know it's actually our birthright to be joyful and happy and it doesn't mean that sad things don't happen in our world. Of course they do, right? But how we respond to them and is really what the art of that profound path of awakening is about is kind of knowing our wholeness and our joy from within, no matter what's happening in our external world, So that we feel connected to that deepest knowing of the truth of who we are, which is what your show's about, right? It's about that really attempts to be. yeah, Yeah, really knowing, really knowing and staying connected to our deepest knowing of who we are, which is at its essence love and joy and compassion and wisdom. Like all of us have that within us, but it gets obscured by, you know, it's sort of like the dirt on the window is what I call it. You know, the window gets dirty and we can't see through. And meditation is a process of cleaning the window so that we can see and know our inner light. And I think that's a process where we need support and teachers and coaches to help with. It's such a profound path that that it warrants that, you know?
0: Yeah, I think you, you have a, a strong point. And also what, uh, you know, I am a big fan of Seth Godin. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. him, but in yes, any case, he's wonderful. He, and he's been on the show. He was my episode 100, but he was always, always, always in everything he writes is find your tribe. Mm-hmm. And I'm big on this. Find your tribe, whatever it is that you're doing. If you're, uh, you know, creating a new company or the, it gets or wanting to meditate, which is kind of what you're saying is, you know, you need to find the people that can, hold your hands a bit while you are starting and get comfortable with it so that then, like riding a bike, you know, you're going to be able to do that lap on your own. But as you get started and to keep your mind in it, it's very important to find that good coach or that good support group that will help you through getting started.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent agree. Yep.
0: Yeah, so 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 the work you do is fantastic. I know that you have a blog and a and a page where people can you know explore. I recently, through another guest of mine, I have to say, discover Insight Timer, mm. and you you have meditations there. I, I do. Discovered.
1: I am a teacher on Insight Timer, and uh, there's a link on my website to get there. or You can just find me, Holly Aaron Copeland. I
0: will put it on the show because uh, anybody out there. I, I just checked this out, and it's so many powerful meditations that you can access, and 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 live sessions, and and it's that that is a powerful community. If you if you want to start with this, and also just uh, checking uh, pages such as Holy, and and see if you want to give it a try. So is there anything else that we haven't discussed that excites you these days? I, I, I'm I, going to ask you what makes it tick. I know there's many things that make it tick. You're someone <laughs> like me, like you love to do many things and I love that. But is there any project or things, you know, you wrote one day, one year, rewire your brain as your New Year's goal. So I can tell you have very, <laughs> very aggressive goals. Is there any, anyone that you're lining up uh, for, for 2022?
1: You know, I have lots of things planned, but as a kind of last comment, I want to, can I, can I redirect just a little bit and answer a slightly different question? Sure, sure, sure. I think in addition to all the things that we've talked about, that one of the most important things and the most fundamental thing that I've learned about, about what meditation really is on my journey is what I call like the five minute hack, best life hack. And I just would love to share that with your audience. I would love to. Okay. So we, you know, on our experience of being a human being, we are constantly aware of objects, right? There's light coming to our eyes, there's sounds coming to our ears, there's sensations coming to our skin. And what the the Buddhist path teaches, the profound meditation path is that all of these things are objects. Right. We can see them all as objects and they're all appearing to the subject, which is I, which is I, right? Before you know anything about the world, you know, I am, I am aware. And that awareness is fundamentally open, actually, and transparent. It doesn't have any, it's not an object or awareness. So for everybody listening right now, you can even just close your eyes for a minute and just feel that there's this. I, this awareness that is you, that is before you know something. And in fact, the experience of I is simply the knowing of things, the knowing of the sound of my voice, the knowing of sensations on your skin. And that I is the fundamental essence of who you are, actually. It's so obvious, and yet it's so utterly profound. And Um, what the Dzogchen and some of the non-dual traditions teach is actually that this I is this essence of who you are. If we can return our attention, it's like rather than have our attention constantly be going out, right? Constantly our experience of being human is I'm looking at this, then I'm looking at this, and I'm taking in all this information, but we're actually not stopping to examine this subject, this I that you really are. And if you do, which is the essence of meditation, but you can also just do it now as our eyes are, you know, open, is to feel how that eye is fundamentally the natural state of it is open and transparent and free. And that freedom of this I, this openness, this it doesn't come and go in time, right? It's always here. And so thoughts come and go in time or emotions come and go. And that's our pointer that we aren't our thoughts. If we were our thoughts, then we would disappear when a thought went away, right? But if you think I have, you know, tea for breakfast, oh, now it's gone. So you're not your thoughts. And yet we get so absorbed in our thoughts that we actually feel like we are them. And so... Just that simple recognition of thoughts come and go, but this awareness of you does not come and go. Same with emotions, you know, anger or frustration arise and they go, which means you aren't your emotions either. You're this awareness of them. And when we just keep coming back to that awareness and experiencing it as open and free, we can start to create space in our minds between that which we really are. Awareness and the objects of awareness, thoughts, feelings, sensations, sights, sounds. And so, a lot of the meditations that you'll find on Insight Timer that I do are pointings to this because when we explore this I and we start to really get to know it, it's actually us getting to know our true knowing, our true self. And and that that profound path is, to me is where ultimate freedom and clarity lie.
0: Wow, what a treat. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. And and you know, and, and I said it on one of my blogs, but, but what you describe, as you say, you will discover the eye and you will fall in love with yourself. Because I think that a lot of people once they really shed the the ego and the facade and 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 did you just and i think covid in a sense allow a lot of people to do that Mm -hmm. because you know it's like it was like an equalizer nobody would feel bad to say i'm not doing good at work you know because we know that everybody got hit and so i think more people were willing to just show themselves as they truly are and it's liberating and, and, and you also have the opportunity to befriend yourself, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, Leticia, exactly. Exactly. Like, right. It's the actual path to discovering, loving and knowing yourself, which is the greatest gift you can give yourself and other people. Because when we know that we are, that we are whole, that we're enough, that we don't fundamentally need to fix who we are not that we're not evolving, but that our fundamental nature isn't broken, then we can show up for the world in wholeness for all the people in our lives and we don't need them to fix us. It's like we have found the ground of our being is what I call it. And I, that ground of your being, if you don't know where that is, that's what being lost is. That's what longing is. And so a lot of the work that I do is to help people find the ground of their being. Because when you do, you're unstoppable. You're invincible. You can do anything when you know where the ground is. Well,
0: this is a amazing, amazing conversation. I I know I'm re-energized and I'm going to go around my day feeling much better. This is why me, my podcast, I find it a treat. I get to interview people like that, that, you know, give so much goodness. So I thank you for that. And uh, before we close... Can you share, you know, when you're finding the ground of your own being and have to reconnect with things that you're passionate about, that that make you feel this is why I exist and this is, you know, besides
1: nature, which you share is obviously one of those. Anything else that makes you feel like that? Just meeting, just being with people in a loving way. I mean, every day is like an adventure to meet people like you and other people around the world. And what I find is that, you know, by and large, we're all the same. By and large, we all want the same thing. We want happiness. You know, we want love. And I find that an incredible, hopeful, inspiring message because what I see is the love and happiness everywhere I turn. Even though it doesn't mean I don't see the difficulty, but I see shining through that the essence of love in everyone. Right, and if we all focus on that, the essence of who we are. If we focus on the love, then that's how we change the world.
0: Well, so it turns out that you will—you uh, are at the end of the day helping to change the world, just not in the way you expected it to
1: be. And that's the magic, right? Yep, yep. I didn't—I didn't know this uh, environmental story was going to end up here, but I think I do actually think it's the best. I, I realize now that the. Best thing I can do for the planet, for the environment that I care so much about, is to help the people that take care of it. This is about people, absolutely. Yeah, it was. You're part of a
0: bigger plan. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm. I also feel very lucky, very blessed that uh, to have you here in Back to Basics. I know the the knowledge and wisdom you know that you've shared with with us. It's not going to go unnoticed. I expect many texts and emails about this episode because you really uh, have shared in a very practical, very, you know, easy to understand way that the benefits of, you know, just looking inward, taking care of who you are and just taking the time to map inwards rather than mapping outwards. So I thank you for that, Holly. Thanks for being part of the show. You are so welcome. And thank you so
1: much for having me, Leticia. Thank you.
0: Until the next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.